Good morning, good day, welcome to Belong Church, and if there's ever a time that we live in uncertain times, it is now. We're faced with so many things that are not the norm, that are so out of the ordinary that we would look at and say, I I don't even know what's going on. I mean, we can look at history at the things that are going on, and there's not been a situation where we shut down our country like what we're facing right now and and we may not have even reached the point where it's it's like tipping i mean it may still have yet more to come in the next week or two and we pray that that's not the case and it's our prayer that you're doing well and that god's got the provision for you and you've made the provisions for yourself even a, a planning ahead and you know stocking up on some things and you know you're in our prayers so you know certainly if there's something that you need uh, you know we want to hear from you if it's just something we can pray about or if it's a physical need we'll do our best to try and help you out or put you in touch with someone who can. But as we're facing this time of uncertainty, as we face this thing that we don't know, some people are out on two in, in two ends of the, the spectrum, and, and one will be like, ah, everything will be all right, and then others are just running around going, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world, this is the apocalypse, and, and I have a friend who, whose boyfriend has a bug out bag, and when she came home from work, she, she, he was spraying her down with um, Lysol on, from the top of her head to the tips of her toes, and he has his bug out bag right, right there beside him, and it all, it's like, whoa, we're really completely different opposite ends of the spectrum, and then there's people somewhere in the middle. But the message for you today, and I'll just tell you right now at the very beginning, the title is There is Hope. There is a hope, not in myself, not even in the president, not in Congress, not in world leaders, not even in the CDC or the World Health Organization. But can I tell you there's a hope in God. There's a hope in Jesus. And we looked last week at the fact that Jesus, the, the Apostle Paul says, man, all these things that I have struggles with, I wish that there was a solution. And praise be to God, there is. It's in Jesus. So I'm kind of giving you the punchline at the beginning. I'm telling you the very end at, right now. But there is a hope. But I want you to see that we're not in this alone. And, and as many of you may know, we're patterning after a church in 
Birmingham, Alabama, Church of the Highlands, and Pastor Chris Hodges. And he gave a message last week, and I want us to look at two excerpts and get tied in with them and, and that we're on the same page. And I thought about trying to just recant it how he did it, but it's better if you hear it from him. So if you will, turn your attention to the screen. There's three things I do want us to do. And the first thing is I want us to give hope. Can I ask you that, that first of all, I want you to receive it, but I also want you to give it. So today you've got to get it. If you don't have it, well, that, then you're on the receiving end of this directive. But if you have hope, listen to me. Our city needs us right now. And the people around us need us right now. And people are discouraged. They, they think the sky is falling. And this is serious. Make no mistake about it. This is a global pandemic. It's a serious issue but listen to me, we, we are, we're going to survive this. We really are. And you need to know that. And, and I have seen fear get in people's hearts. My youngest son, Joseph, um, many of you know I talk about him a lot. Joseph just was very, very concerned. Joseph uh, has this obsession with politics and the news, and he watches it more than any one of my kids. And, and it has not served him well. Let me just say right there, right there, okay, to watch that much. And he was very concerned. And then I just uh, get, gave one FaceTime message to him. I wasn't with him at that, the time. I just FaceTimed him and, and looked him in the eye and said, Joe, it's going to be just fine. And I, I showed my smiling face and, and he texted back. He says, Dad, you have no idea how much that reassured me. And he was perfectly fine. Well, I want to do that for you today. And then listen to me. I want you to do that for others. I want you to look them in the eye and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And to remind you how we have gotten through this, I did a little bit of research. And forgive me if I got my dates a little wrong. I think I got it right. But in 2000, y'all, we lived through Y2K. Y'all remember? Y'all still? All right. In 2001, we got past anthrax. And 2002, we, we got over the West Nile virus. And in 2003, we overcame SARS. And 2005, oh, there was the bird flu that, you know, that said it was going to take us out. And then 2006, we had E. coli. And then 2008, we had the, the economic collapse. And it was tough on a lot of people. Make no mistake about it, but we lived through it. And 2009, you know, we had the swine flu. Come on, somebody. And in 2010, there was the BP oil spill. And, oh, we're going to die. The Mayan calendar told us we were all going to die in 2012. And in 2013, we had North Korea we were worried about. In 2014, Ebola virus. In 2015, there was ISIS. 2016, there was Zika. In 2020, there was Corona. And we lived through it all, and we're going to live through this too in Jesus' name. Y'all need to know that. <laughs> I just love the perspective that Pastor Chris put there and, and how he delineated all the different dates and all the different things. And if you'll think back to the time that we lived through that, and depending on how old you are, you can remember back even beyond that, so some other situations. And at the time, it seemed like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the end of the world. And, and man, everybody's going to die. And, and unfortunately, many people did die. Many times, people had a lot of difficulties in their body but we made it through. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that not very many people pass away with the, the current coronavirus and the current situation that it's, it's hitting and preying upon those who are really weak and have other underlying health issues by and large. But there's a hope. Because we made it through all of those other situations, we're going to make it through this. But how do we make it through? Honestly, how do we make it through yesterday? 
If you will turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, reading out of the NIV, look at this. He, God, has delivered us. He has. And, and I thought back to high school and junior high, and my teacher that's teaching me English is teaching me the yesterday, now, and then future. Look at this. He has delivered us, and he will deliver us again. And on him we've set our hope, and he will continue. See, the past, he has delivered us. We can look back at all the things that Pastor Chris just showed us, and look at all the things that God has helped us get through. Today, he's going to help us again, and, and he will continue. See, he did this in the past, he's doing it in the present, and he's going to continue. Because you know what? This is going to be the last crisis that we face. I, I don't want there to be another one, but it's a fact that there will be others. And he has, he will, and he will continue. Look in the NIRV. I've told many of you before that this is my new favorite version of the Bible. God has saved us from deadly dangers. Man, and there are deadly, like Pastor Chris said, this is serious. I'm not making light of it, neither should any of us. There, there are de deadly dangers that are here. He saved us from it, and he will continue to do it. But look at this. But we have put our hope in him. See, the title of the message is, There is Hope in Him. There isn't hope in me. There isn't really even hope in the government. There isn't help, hope in, and you fill in the blank, there's only hope in God. We have to put our hope in Him. And He will continue to save us. Look at verse 11. It says, God, you will, sorry, you must help us by praying for us. That's what we have to do. We have to pray for one another. Look at this. Then many people will give thanks. Why will many people give thanks? Because of what will happen. Because God answers prayer. I talked to someone recently and they're like, hey, I want you to pray for me. I don't actually believe in prayer, but I want you to pray for me. I'm like, I'm happy to pray for you because I actually do believe in prayer. Help us by praying. Then many people will give thanks to God. That's how he gets glory because of what will happen. They will thank God for his kindness to us and the answer of the prayers of many. See, one of the greatest things that we can do in this time of calamity and in this time of tragedy and this time of uncertainty is to pray. Get down on your knees and pray. And Pastor Chris, even in the message, went on to say, listen, hey, I'd rather you pray for 10 minutes, but through 10 different times for a minute during the day just to constantly throw a prayer up to God and say, God, hey, this situation, not real sure of it. God, I'm a little worried. I'm a little anxious right now. Hey, I've got a panic attack that's coming on. God, God I, I, I'm going to give this over to you again. See, it's the prayers of many. But I, can I tell you, we looked at uh, the Apostle Paul last week, and, and he is a great man of God. He's someone that God used in a most amazing and miraculous way, and he was the most unsuspecting person for God to do that with, and yet he did. He's on assignment. He's got what God has got, called him to do, and he's fulfilling it to the left and to the right, and he's just going. And, and he's doing what God had for him. And can I tell you, he's doing it where God had him to do and where God directed him, but he ended up in these great difficulties. 
And as you read through the New Testament, you see it did not go very well for the Apostle Paul. Shipwrecked many times. He was beaten, almost stoned to death several times. He went through all of these things. And don't we have difficulties? You may even find yourself today thinking that this, whatever this is, Maybe it's the corona. Maybe it's the uncertainty. Maybe it's your bills or how are you going to make money? How are you going to get your finances? How are you going to pay your rent? How are we going to go through this thing because I can't work right now? Whatever this is, in air quotes, it's more than I can take. It's to the point that it's choking me out and I can't do this even. I, I don't know how I'll face tomorrow. You may even be listening to the voices telling you that this shouldn't be this way. And that maybe it's the little devil over here on the, on the, on the shoulder that's saying, hey, that you shouldn't be going through this. Hey, if, this was, if God was real, then you shouldn't be going through this. If, if prayer worked, then you wouldn't be facing this one. No, no, that's not how this works. We're all going to be faced with difficulties. We're all going to face uncertainties and difficult times. It's how we go through it, but can I tell you, it's who we go through it with. First and foremost, it is with God to have our confidence in Him and to know that there is hope by being connected to God, and then there's hope in being connected with one another. But look at this. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles that we experienced in the province of Asia. Look at this. We were under great pressure. Can I tell you, there's many people right now that say, I identify with that. I'm under great pressure. Look at this. Far beyond our ability to endure it. Like, man, it's, it's so much that it's beyond my capacity to even receive this. So much that we despaired of life itself. Think about that. Under so much pressure, the Apostle Paul says, beyond what we even think we have the ability to endure, to make it through to the next day, even to the point we are despaired of life itself. Can I just put that in really plain English for us? He was saying, man, I even thought about taking my life. Many people today would even say that they're attacked. And, and maybe it's in your mind or in your body or in life circumstances, you despair of life too. But you see, it's the enemy's ultimate goal to take you out, to neutralize you, but ultimately, he'd love to kill you. John 10.10, 10, we look at it all the time. It lists kill as one of the things that the enemy's trying to do. But here we see that the great man of God who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, one that we could hold up in the highest esteem, went through what he described as far beyond our ability to endure. That gives me hope in and of itself because he faced this great mountain. And he said, man, this is beyond what I could even endure. And yet God was faithful. He was there with me. 
Romans 8, Apostle Paul is actually writing this as well. In verse 28, he says, And we know that in all things, no matter what you face, no matter what's thrown against you, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. In all these things, what are those things? Difficulty, uncertainty, calamity. Look what Romans 8 starting with verse 31, says, what then shall be, we say, in our response? What should come out of my mouth when I'm faced with these obstacles, with this uncertainty, with these difficulties? What should come out of my mouth as I'm going through this? If God is for us, can I personalize that? If God is for me, who can be against us? Who can be against me? Verse 32, for he did not spare his own son, but gave him up, for us all, how will he not also, along with him, along with what he did on sending Jesus to pay for my sins, for Calvary, graciously give us all things? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Uh, there's a whole lot of trouble going on in the world right now. How about persecution, man? Somebody is it's all gotten, coming against me. Or, or famine, man. I don't know how I'm going to eat next week. Or nakedness or danger or by the sword. I mean, we're seeing it could go from trouble all the way to somebody trying to kill you. Those are some pretty serious situations to be going through. Look at this, verse 37. No, but look again. In all these things... He's not saying you're not going to face those things. He's not saying they're not going to come against you, that you're not going to have times that you're naked, that you're not going to have times that there's trouble, that you're not going to have hardship. He's not saying you're not going to face persecution. He's, saying you're, he's not saying you're not going to have times that you're hungry because things aren't working out right. He goes, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Why? Is that talking about our situation of what I actually have in my pantry? No, it's saying what he is going to help me through. The hope that I have through him is going to take me through this. I'm more than a conqueror. I may be faced with difficulty today. I may be faced with something that is overwhelming. Man, it was like seeming like more than I could even bear. Yet God helped me through it. Look at this. For I am convinced. Remember we looked at the word faith means I'm convinced or persuaded. Paul says, I am convinced that neither death or life, man, if, if, I, if I die, or if I move on and I live, neither angels nor demons, nor things present or things in the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. How was the Apostle Paul convinced? How was it that he could say and write these things with certainty? It's because he went through difficulties. His experiences led him to this place to share with us. And in 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 7, he's writing to, the, to Timothy, a young pastor, and he goes, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if fear's trying to come over you, if it's trying to attack your mind, if it's trying to take you out, it didn't come from God. 
And as we look all the time at John 10, 10, the enemy has come to rob, kill, and destroy you. So that spirit of fear is coming from him. So say no to that. Be wise to that. Understand. Be looking at it because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So can I just tell you, as we're going through this time of uncertainty, you need to walk in the power of God. You need to walk in the love of God and show God's love to everybody around you and to have a sound mind to say, okay, uh, there's some things I understand. There's some things I don't understand, but I'm giving it all to God. Look at Psalm chapter 34, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord, and that's what we've been talking about. We said it earlier in the message, prayer is the answer. Prayer is what we should be doing. Ten times a day we talked about, hey, if it's just one time, like, God, this situation, I'm concerned about it. God, I ask you for this. Lord, I, I, I still have anxiety. Lord, I'm going to ask you for this. Lord, I'm still over here. And just keep asking him over and over again. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. And he freed me from all my fears. What do you think David, the writer of Psalms, was praying about if it says that God freed him of all his fears? I believe he was praying about his fears. He was praying about the things that he says aren't going the way he was worried that they should be, and he's worried about where they're going. Now, you've probably heard and seen on Facebook and heard many, many times, and I even posted it out there myself before I started hearing everybody else do it. One of the greatest Psalms that deals with what we're looking at is Psalms 91. And I would encourage you to go and read it every single day. And maybe that's how you should start your day off. But I want to ask you to do it with a little twist. I want you to actually turn the you's into I's and me. So I've got to, I'm going to go through really, really quick, but I've got to have we turn it around so it's something that I can confess. See, because we talk about, he says, and you'll see it here, I will say of the Lord, I will, I will use my mouth. Look at this, say, I will, I will dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I will, that's my job, I will, I, that's my goal. And I will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I will trust. And when you don't know what else to say, and when you don't know what else is going on in your life, say, God, I'm going to say of my mouth, I'm going to confess with my mouth that you are my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. And I trust in you. Verse 3. Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. And man, if there's not a, a, a better description of what's going on is that it's a deadly pestilence. Look at this. I will not fear the terror of night. I, I'm not going to not sleep because I'm worried about what could be. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague. Plague? Anybody think there's a plague going on? that destroys at midday. The Lord is my refuge. Again, I want you confessing this. I'm challenging you to confess this. And this is actually going to be on our social media or on our website. You can go download it so you can just take it and it's already put out there. You can print it and take it with you. Maybe keep it in your pocket. Say, the Lord is my refuge and I will make the most high my dwelling. 
and no harm will overtake me. No disaster will come near my tent. And I hope you're not living in a tent, but let me just tell you, wherever you're living, whatever your house is, wherever your place of sleeping is, your, your domicile, if you want, he's saying, hey, no disaster is going to come near me. And confess that out. For he, God, will command his angels concerning me in all my ways. I will call upon the Lord and he will answer me and he will deliver me in trouble. He will be with me in trouble and he will deliver me and honor me with long life, long life, long life. God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Pastor Chris goes on and gives a little bit more of a, a, an, an illustration with this. And again, I just want to let you hear it straight from him. And it's a little bit long, and I understand that. But man, understand and really receive it. Turn your attention to the screen. But there are two words I want to leave you with today, two powerful words that are in the Bible over and over and over again, and even quoted many times by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Two simple words, and that is fear not. Fear not. Look in my eyes. Fear not. Now, a lot of things can affect our bodies and our lives, but I don't want this to get into your spirit. And I don't want this to get into your emotions. Now, disease is real. Sickness is real. My eyes are bad. I'm wearing glasses right now. That stuff happens. You can affect my body, but you cannot affect my spirit, man. And I got to get that fear out of people's hearts in Jesus' name. I really do. And, and, and I'm not trying to make light of this uh, in any way, but I think you need a little laughter once in a while, too. You need, <laughs> you, we need to... If we don't inject a little humor in all this, it, this thing could kill us right in our souls, and I don't want that to happen. So just for fun, okay, I, I found, found out that there are a lot of phobias out there, by the way, hundreds of them, thousands of them. And I kind of looked up a few of them. Like one of them is called pathophobia. It's the fear of disease. Found another one. It's called monophobia. It's the fear of being alone. By the way, I hope that never happens. Then you have this one. Glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. I don't have that one, but a lot of people do. You have this one, this is algophobia, it's the fear of pain. You have this one, I love this one, pentatherophobia, it's the fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm writing that one down. I, I got that one. I need to go to freedom for that one, just that one by itself. This is my favorite one. You ready for this? I can't even pronounce it. It's hippopotamus monstrosequophobia. It's that, and it's the fear of long words. <laughs> When you figure, and one, one more just for fun, and it's, it's I can't, arachibutryphobia, it's the fear of peanut butter getting stuck to the roof of your mouth. The point is, there's a fear for everything. And the reason why there's a fear for everything is because you have a devil who's trying to put fear in your hearts. And I don't want that. You know why I don't want that? Because fear breeds more fear. Like, it adds on to it. Studies actually show that 90%, 95% of all your fears never happen. Now think about that. They're never gonna happen, but you had them. And that's a tragedy that we allowed that to get in our hearts and our lives that way. I, I, Mark Twain said, I've been through some terrible times in my life, a few of which actually happened. <laughs> what a great quote. And I know this is very, very real. I am not making light of it. You need to take every precaution necessary. This is real, no doubt. 
But brother, don't let it get in your spirit. Don't let it get in your soul. Because fear will breed more fear. And then next thing you know, you start ruminating and you start thinking about things and you find yourself in a bad place. I'm going to show you how to get out of that in a, in, a, in a couple of minutes. The second thing that fear does is it clouds our judgment. I heard the story about a guy who walked up to somebody's house and there was a sign on the fence that said, beware of dog. And then about that time, the owner of that house and this little foo-foo dog came out. <laughs> and the guy says, well, that dog couldn't hurt a soul. And he said, yeah, but the sign can. See, a lot of times we fear things that really can't hurt us, but the sign can, the thought of it can. And next thing you know, you're making decisions based on stuff that's not even true. You're going to avoid the house because of a foo-foo. Now, again, I'm not making light of this. You need to take precautions. This is real. This is no joke. But again, I don't want it to get in your spirit. And here's really the real reason why is because fear redirects our energies. So instead of stepping up, we step down. And I don't want you to step down. This is the time for the church to rise. This is the, this is the time for us to be at our best. Can I hear a good amen? Can I just tell you, fear is going to paralyze so many people right now. And on, a, on the average, people will tell me that they are frustrated with anxiety paralyzing them. If not even more now, fear creates more fear. And it just causes recycling that just goes around in a circle and causes more and more to happen. That's not God's plan. We just saw that he says it's not God. The spirit is not from God when it's fear. He's not given that to us. But look, as we're closing, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Look at this. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Can I just tell you, that's a great word for us right now. Because disaster is all you hear about on the news. That's all you see everywhere around. That's all people are talking about is the disaster. What's the count up to the number of people in the United States that's got it? And what's the death count in here? How many people in China have it? It's just, it's just talking about disaster. He goes, no, my plans for you are for good, not for disaster. But look at the next screen. To give you a future and a hope. Will you bow your heads with me? A future and a hope. There is a hope is the title of the message, but can I tell you, you can find yourself in uncertain times. And maybe you would say right now that that's where you would identify yourself right now. Can I ask you a question? Is your hope in the Lord? Or as we've listened to this message and, and you've been challenged to say, okay, I've been looking to how this is going to work out by what the news media is saying or what the government's doing or what the CDC or you can fill in the blank. Put your hope in the Lord. My pastor in Florida, Pastor Tad, says this. If I could take Jesus out of my heart for just a moment and put him in yours, You'd never want him to leave. That's the experience. That's not head knowledge. That's not how you memorize something and how many times you've read this or that or something else. That is the experiential 
place of an intimate relationship that God has. I, I invite you today to trust God, to trust the Son of God, to give Him your life. In this time of uncertainty, put your uncertainty in His certainty. You can do that by simply saying this prayer. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to know you. Right now, I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it and to make me brand new. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me giving your life for me. Today I give you my life and the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe multiple times. Maybe they're coming back to you and, and realizing that they've, got, they've just veered off the road, off the path. Lord, I pray that you would help us to receive hope today. Lord, we can't give hope to anyone until we first received it ourselves. Lord, I pray for everyone to receive it. And Lord, next, that we will give hope, that we'll have that smile as we encounter the people at the grocery store, at the gas station, and, and our friends. And, and, the, and I know we have social distancing, but God, when we're around people, FaceTiming, or whatever there would be, that we're giving them hope. And Lord, let us rest in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if that's you and you, you prayed that prayer with us, then I ask you to take the next step. And even though you're watching online and we're not here, we have a text communication system that is in place and it's been in place and, and everything is ready for you. Simply text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 469-289-1114. Again, that's text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And that's our communication that we're able to text back and forth with you. Next, I, I want you to give your testimony to somebody, to give them hope in this time of uncertainty. And, and then I want you to also give hope by inviting someone to maybe watch this message with you. And maybe you want to send it to somebody say, hey, listen, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. We can put our hope in God. And then you want to take this journey with me. Do this again next week. Lastly, as we're closing, if you want to be a part of the solution, and I encourage you to continue to put your faith in God with finances and don't let the, the natural tendency to hold back at this time and think i got to hoard it, but to step out in faith with God. If you want to be a part of that financial solution with this church, you can text to give is the easiest way. And that's simply text the word give to 469 410-7788 and it has to be a different number because it's finances to keep all that stuff separated. Again, text the word GIVE to 469-410-7788 or you can also go to givetobelong.com It's also on our app, it's on our website, it's everywhere you want to go and it will help you walk through those steps. So, Father, I just thank you for what you're doing. 
Lord, I thank you for the hope that's been rekindled and regenerated inside of me. Lord, I thank you for the scriptures we saw today, how much you love us and how much you're for us. Father, I give you all these words, Lord. I give you this message. I give you Pastor Chris's message and his words, Lord, that we'll find hope and encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.